don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. In my heart, I have a from Beyond Radio. I'm your host, Rich Valdez. And as always, joining me is my co-host, Vicki Burnett. Say hi, Vicki. Hi, Vicki. <laughs> oh, it's getting better and better every day. Uh, this is season one, episode five. I apologize to those of you that, that were expecting to be watching us interview Evelyn Hollow. Unfortunately, uh, there was an emergency and she was not able to make it tonight. But good news, hopefully, she'll be able to make it next week. So make sure to join us next week regardless. And for those of you that are chiming in right now, please, by all means, follow us on YouTube, subscribe, uh, that is actually the best way to follow us uh, being Facebook has been very glitchy the past two and a half, actually three weeks. Come to think of it, uh, YouTube has been fail safe. So all of the other platforms that you can listen to us through is Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, iHeart, Paralanx, Amazon Music, Podcast Index. Wow. Sorry. I couldn't make out that. Whatever. Uh, Samsung podcast and listen notes. So I, I believe Apple has been added to that list as well. If I'm not mistaken, I could be corrected later on by my producer, but uh, we're growing and spreading out throughout the world, much like V day yesterday. I hope everyone's Valentine's Day was at least somewhat decent. Mine was somewhat decent. Well, how about yours? You mean Single Awareness Day? Because that's oh, what yeah. I celebrated yesterday. Just saying. <laughs> well, okay, sure. Why Why not? I mean, Single Awareness Day, if you want to call it that, sure. Uh, I call it V-Day because, you know, there's just so much you could do with that word and uh, give your own description as to what it really means. But my apologies again. Um, our guest Evelyn was actually looking forward to being on our show, but yeah, an emergency came up. She needs to take care of it. I've always said, Hey, health and family come first. Don't worry about it. She has to be on for next week. Hopefully we'll, we will have her on next week. Vicky and I enjoyed very much doing a lot of research on her and found out a lot of very interesting nuggets of information about her. I'm sure you did too, Vicky. Um, 
Oh yeah, I was having a fangirl day. I mean, <laughs> I, I just I found a couple podcasts that she had been a guest on, and there's nothing in the world I like better than intelligent people. Yes, people who think before they speak, who speak from knowledge, who speak from experience, and when she first started speaking on this podcast, I was watching. I was hooked. And plus I loved her outfit. So, I mean, it was two good things rolled up in one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she is truly a fascinating individual. Hence why I, I extended an invitation to have her on our show. Uh, but we will have to wait one more week. And I apologize for that, but Hey, you know what? We always have a plan A, B, C, and D and on. So this time, instead of it being, Season one, episode five, Evelyn Hollow, it is instead going to be season one, episode five, open mic night, POD points of discussion with urban legends. That's what we're throwing out there for you guys. But anyone and everyone that's already in the chat room, I know there's already some activity going on in the chat room. Uh, by all means, if you want to throw in anything of discussion, have at but until we get that first question in the chat room i think we should start moving towards you know points of discussion and the best way to do that is show and tell you know i've always said you know my favorite part of school next to recess was show and tell and you know that meant i get to i got to bring home something or bring from my home something to school that I could share with all of my friends there. And this time around, we get to share pictures of what we feel may be points of discussion for everyone as they come in. But before I go any further, I'm going to go ahead and ask Vicky, what's always been your point of discussion, your point of interest, the one thing that you've always wanted to investigate that you've never had a chance to investigate? Hmm. I mean, I've been lucky enough to be exposed to a lot of different things. I think if I were, if I were to go to, if you're talking about investigating a location, first of all, um, could be location, could be phenomenon, could be anything. Cryptid. The one thing that I've always <laughs> that you bring that up, I was in love with Bigfoot before I was in love with ghosts. And I, one of the very first back when I had a radio show, one of our very first guests was Dave Sheely, who is the expert out in the Everglades that has reported seeing the skunk ape, which is Florida's version of Bigfoot. Yes. And to me, and some people I know are going to disagree with me. To me, it is easier for me to believe that there's an unidentified species out there running around than say it would be for something else that you physically can't see. Right. My theory is that this Bigfoot creature, skunk ape, Yeti, whatever you want to call them, has enough human characteristics, which is one of the reasons why they're so hard to detect. I think number one, they bury their dead. So it's much harder for us to find bones because I think 
when one of them passes away, they actually go through the process of burying that deceased loved one. Okay. Uh, number two, I believe them to be nocturnal, which there's evidence for that, which again makes it harder for them to be discovered. Mm. Number three, the areas in which they inhabit is similar to finding a needle in a haystack. So that to me also makes sense that it's harder to discover. And the fact that you have sightings across the world that all have these common denominators in their descriptions. I, like I say, I just think that it's easier for me to believe in something that might just be an unidentified animal species. I don't necessarily attribute some of the other things that have been attributed to them, like they have invisibility and, you know, um, they're telepathic and things like that. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. But the fact that they are animals with human characteristics, I can completely get on board with that. Well, uh, Mr. Ron Parrish, uh, he states, and uh, Bigfoot will survive when nearly nothing else remains. So I guess Bigfoot now has become the brand new cockroach. Uh, there could be uh, an atomic bomb go off and Bigfoot will survive it. I, I think they're underground uh, cave dwellers of sorts. Um, it's kind of difficult to believe that would even be possible, especially in the state of Florida and in the Everglades, because well, there really isn't, you know, But caves. in Florida, Dave Sheely's theory is one of the reasons why the skunk ape smells so horrific in addition to the fact that he's sweating and he lives in Florida, is the fact that he occupies abandoned alligator holes. And that's where he rests and sleeps. So again, you're in the Everglades, you're in this hole in the muck, and that is where he chooses to lay low, so to speak, because there aren't things like caves and like that. So uh, let's ask our lovely, there she is. Uh, no, next one, the one before that. Uh, that's the infamous skunk ape. I think the only picture that has actually been captured of the skunk ape where it's made you go, what the heck is that? Is that an orangutan? Is this Planet of the Apes part eight? Uh, what's going on here? Because this, it, it looks pretty big. Now I've seen this type of, shrubbery before and I'll, I'll be straight up with you it can get pretty big and for it to be almost at the level behind it to where it's above it that's saying a lot so your your take on this it to me it looks like an orangutan but it's standing stu it, it, the way it's standing it's too upright yeah i mean this isn't the most compelling picture that i've ever seen actually dave Sheely. Uh, has a picture that he captured in the Everglades. It is a picture from a distance. Um, but to me, that picture is a little more compelling than this one. This one, I could see where the skeptic could totally say, this is an animal that escaped from the zoo or a traveling circus or something. But you know what? To me, it, it, I, look, me being skeptic, it kind of sort of looks like an orangutan. But I, I don't remember orangutans standing on their hind legs that way and being that tall i don't think me. that's the right color either don't no. orangutans have a bit you know of a different color so they're orangey red um so let's see ron Parrish, bigfoot has the ability to cloak itself yes many animals know how to go underground quickly 
and he states arms are too long for Bigfoot. So could it be closely related to Bigfoot? I'd say possibly more than likely be, I, I don't know about that. I mean, the pictures I have seen of Bigfoot or at least the films that have been captured, the arms actually are pretty long in my opinion. And they are very tall creatures. We're talking eight to nine feet tall minimum. And some have even been described as being bigger than that. Uh, so this could be a distant relative of the Bigfoot because it does live in warmer weather uh, than the Bigfoot does. Bigfoot usually is predominantly in the north more than anything else. Colder type climate, foresty areas. It, it, it's a phenomenon in itself that we even have something in in the swamp state that we can call Bigfoot or something close to it. But I think the reason they call it skunk ape is because of the smell that it gives off. Right. Huh. And like he believes because of where it is um, sleeping in those alligator holes. Now, the Florida skunk ape, which is our version of Bigfoot, is reportedly smaller than what the accounts are of the of the big footsises that are oh, seen the big feet in, <laughs> the the big footsises and the other uh <coughs> states and and those um type things so he is reported to be a little bit smaller and he i mean come on you got that much hair you're in florida you're hanging out in some abandoned alligator holes you're gonna smell not only that but i would expect dreadlocks too i mean come on you know it's just matted hair after a while and i'm sure that Bigfoot or the or the skunk ape have not seen a brush in ever. Just saying. Uh, When's the last so time you've seen one? I haven't. I'm just. I'm. I am reaching a conclusion of an animal that. Well, okay. So let's say it did have access to a mirror, a brush, a hair blower. Although there is a funny commercial that I saw last year, somewhat similar to that, but it was the Yeti. We, you know, that one particular picture doesn't really indicate that. I would expect to see more matted hair or dreadlocky looking hair than anything else because yeah. they don't have that. Well, my obsession with Bigfoot began with a movie that was made in the 1970s called Legend of Boggy Creek. And I remember going to the drive-in theater and we watched this movie. And of course it was scary. It's really more like a documentary. Okay. But... It was very scary when you're a kid. And I've actually, I just, I own it. Yes, oh. I own it. And uh, I watched it like a couple months ago. It doesn't quite hold up, you know, when you're 56 compared to, you know, 10. But um, that's what captured my interest in, in the fact that these creatures existed in the first place. And in my neighborhood, we had a little bit of woods where there weren't any houses back in the day. And my friend and I would spend every time we'd go in the woods to explore, we were looking for Bigfoot hair. And of course, you know, good and well, what we brought home was probably dog hair or something <laughs> like that. But we were hopeful and we you know, <laughs> captured our brought home our little samples, hoping that the, the skunk ape was actually hanging out on Ranch's Road in Lake Worth, Florida. So. Well, you know, I the very first time I ever saw Bigfoot was yours and my favorite show back in the day in search of. And of course it's at the very beginning of the intro of, of that show. And you'd see Bigfoot, you know, walking across during the day, actually. 
and and in a wooded area kind of sort of wooded area but there's a stream as well and he kind of looks back at the camera and then you know just keeps walking with the big arms and i was like what the hell is that and then they actually talked about it uh leonard nimoy uh was was the 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 host of that show and that was my first contact with bigfoot that and steve austin the six million dollar man but that was a bionic right you know i don't remember that episode i i do because that was one of the first ones i ever saw and i do believe if i'm not mistaken it was a bionic complete bionic bigfoot which was interesting to say the least but that's how i was introduced to the culture that we now have when it comes to cryptids and look at let's look at that picture one more time jen if you're if you happen to be nearby that picture um i i think this this pick is really indicative now this is not close up right it, can can we can, is it possible to pan back on this picture or is that a, okay that looks like it's standing i mean i'm looking right around where the leg would be and he's like hunched over and you can see where the arm kind of begins from the shoulder all the way down we really can't see how big his arms really are but i'm thinking this this is this has to be so there's different i guess species of bigfoot and it's not reddish so whoever told me that oh no i think this is a an orangutan that ran loose when the monkey jungle uh closed down i'm like i don't think so i really don't i i think this is a different species and it's possibly more just one of many that we've that are in the state of florida um that's just my two cents i'm i'm just saying uh, i think the what what other things have interested you and then we'll talk about it we'll see if we have it or not or you know jen could possibly download a picture of whatever it is that, that interests you but i already have a few set aside i'm trying to give you a chance to chime in on here and give your two cents my next interest that came in before ghost uh were ufos and anything related to that not necessarily i didn't delve too much into the existence of aliens themselves i was more intrigued by ufo the spacecraft itself because i actually saw one when i was 14 or 15 years old oh that's right you told me about this yeah and it was actually the second sighting that had occurred in my neighborhood since the 70s this would have been the early 80s when uh, my mom and i witnessed it and um even the guy i spoke to the guy peter that is in charge of the ufo hotline and he said no matter how far back your experience he still wanted people to write up if you have seen something that you were never able to identify and write up your experiences with you know approximate dates and still submit it to the ufo hotline for them to investigate because they still investigate even old claims but um it was very it was very compelling it's an experience to this day that i remember every moment of it and this was before cell phones and people having, you know, digital cameras in their pocket and things like that. So the only thing I have 
to rely on is my memory and um, my mom's memory when she was alive. But I know that what I saw that day did not have a logical explanation. To my knowledge, the United States did not have any experimental craft that they were testing out over Lake Worth, Florida, that would have had the technology to do what this thing did. So. You know, what's fascinating. And as Jen is posting up these pictures, um, <clears throat> you know, everything going on with that Chinese spy balloon uh, the past mm -hmm. two weeks and all that. Uh, something else was shot down uh, I believe two days ago and Jen could actually fill us in on that because she knows more about that than I do. She's talked about it on and off here and there, but from what she told me, it was not a balloon. It was uh, some shiny object. And uh, now they're actually looking for the pieces. And last time I checked, you don't actually check for pieces to a balloon. So if Jen would like to come on here and just fill us in as to exactly. Hi, Jen. Hi. So what was shot down and what's your opinion as to what was shot down? I don't know. Um, I really didn't see or really hear what they were talking about other than uh, there was one shot down over um a lake in michigan one shot down over canada i guess there's been four so far ever since they've shot down a balloon uh but the one over michigan they had claimed it was a a shiny silver cylindrical type object and they do not believe that it was a balloon um they claim they cannot find the pieces to it because they shot it down over a lake but you also have to think that this is not the first time that any country has ever had this type of phenomena because the United States always sends balloons to other countries and countries always send balloons to the United States. And this has happened over decades. So what these things are, we don't know. I mean, could they really be balloons or could they be something that is not from here and that is the hysteria nowadays is people think that this is going to cause a war or like an intergalactic war because now we are shooting them down and, and ironically it was just years just a few years back that the government started admitting the existence of ufos and now we're shooting them down and saying it was a balloon but of course that wouldn't surprise me anymore when it comes to the United States, when it comes to, you know, the silliness that's going on nowadays. Um, you don't want to cause mass hysteria because yeah. about it, you know, you, you mentioned the word alien or extraterrestrial or um, anything intergalactic, something that people that do not know, or maybe they do know about, but they don't quite comprehend what it is. They go by the stories that they've been told when they were little or it's different so it's scary you know kind of like the urban legends that you guys are talking about now is you tell a child that the child's either going to be fascinated or scared 
it's the same thing telling an older adult, hey, look, there's an alien. It's, you know, and they're going to make the joke, yeah, it's going to probe me. But if they actually see see that alien, they're going to be scared. And you don't want to cause mass hysteria. Well, now we've, we've gone away from the term UFO, which was unidentified flying object. Now they're UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. And it only in, it was a couple days ago until a couple days ago, the government was not saying they weren't ruling out that it was alien. Then they did finally come with a statement. But for a couple days, they they had people hanging. They weren't ready to say conclusively, oh, this is, you know, this isn't an alien. It's not from outer space and it's not from someplace else. They hadn't ruled it out. But then they did finally come and say, yeah, we ruled that out. Yeah, I've seen the memes um i love the the balloon with chinese food at the end uh it, it's that was cute. mine i'm sorry i'm sorry everybody i yeah. I, have, I have a huge thing for chinese food just next it's, time yeah, yeah it's called air uber i'm sorry i'll make sure to send out a memo next time my bad air uber yes really air uber. i need authentic food <laughs> <laughs> all righty then thank you again jen i i wanted you to fill everyone in on because i know you know more about this than i do I, i've just heard it in passing because i've been busy studying up for for our guests which will thank thankfully hopefully be on 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 the show with us next week but uh the 22nd hoping crossing fingers so as i stated in the chat anybody who just joined um this is a reschedule uh, open mic night, urban legends, and hopefully you can get Evelyn Hollow in next week on the 22nd. And, and for those of you not aware of what we mean by open mic night, we may even consider bringing you on the air with us if you behave or if we happen to know you and just talk about whatever. Just let Jen know that you're interested in coming on and we'll check you out and go from there. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there's so many things that we could talk about because urban legends are everywhere, everywhere. You know what? There's puck wedgies. Have you ever heard of puck wedgies? Excuse Vicky. me? Who Ex pulled you a wedgie? <laughs> what? All right. He said he needs puck a wedgie. That's no, what I, I thought I heard. Thank you. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Shush. No. It, it's either puck wedgie, puck wedgies. And I believe they exist in Wisconsin or. Your imagination. No, 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 and no. Um, they, they are troll like creatures they are actually seen very often and puck wedgies have also been spoken of in native american cultures they're they look like almost like porcupine that's how they disguise themselves but they're also very mischievous creatures as well they're they can be very dangerous and they tend to create a lot of havoc and I, I, if, oh, look at that. I love Jen. Uh, the puck wudgie. There you go. Two to three feet tall. 
can I'm gonna need my glasses for this. Can appear and disappear at will, and were once friendly to humans. I'm sure yes. we're the ones that messed up that relationship. Oh, aren't we always the ones that mess up that relationship? We, that's why we can't have nice things. I know. Uh, I got one called a dog, and its its name is Raven, and we can't have nice things. Uh, but anyways, that is a puckwudgie. There you go. It wasn't my imagination. Ha. Huh. Try to get me there. There you go. Now, to me, that looks like that, a porcupine. It looks like a big porcupine because if you look at, I want you to look at the 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 road and judging from, I, I'd say that's what four five feet tall. Because I mean, it's almost it's almost crossing the road already. So that's kind of what they look like. When they're upright underneath. Why why did the puck let you cross the road? Oh boy, I was here we go. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you, you got you gotta finish the joke. I, I was asking, I don't know. I, I thought you knew. You started the joke. No. <laughs> or did he? Did he? Or did I, he? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Because he looks like he's in direct line of getting hit by yeah. a car yeah I, mean, I, I just does anybody know why this puck wedgie crossed the road anybody i'm wondering too if some of this like the way this is you're, you're trying to judge size by that picture it, you know it all depends on the camera and the perspective well I, it kind of looks like i mean it's standing on one of the 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 lines uh at least the heel is it looks pretty big just saying. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of glad we don't have them here. I mean, I'd probably end up with one as a pet, though. Oh, my God. If I you lived would. in the area. You know me. Yeah, it, yeah. it would end up being a pet. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Glad glad yeah. it's not around here. That's that's her way of saying, <laughs> Rich, don't come over anymore. Um, <laughs> I'll I, bring I, your puck wedgie with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that said you'd actually make a pet out of it. Yes, I know. Don't bring it because I'll have there's, to adopt it. Did you know that there's a crossing oh. for puck wedgies? Yes. Just letting <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's false advertising. He didn't look like that one. We don't. Well, I I don't know. You, I didn't see a bow and arrow, but it kind of looked like that crossing the road. No, the the one crossing the road didn't look as grumpy. That one looks. That one looks mad. The other one looks mad. But the run one cross in the road, it was just it looked like it was going for food. It was kind of it, it was going for the KFC. Yeah. Okay. It was going for it. All right. That's interesting though. I love it. You know what? I just love when you can learn something new. Oh, you just learned something new. I'm gonna get me a puck wedgie crossing sign. I'm getting one of these for my yard. Well, actually, I would love a sign like that. Yes. yes. Where can we get this? But to get a real one. No, I don't know about that. I don't know because it, here's the thing. It said that we used to have, according to what she had up there, we used to have humans used to have a pretty good relationship with them. Now, like I said, we know that we messed it up. Human beings messed it up. So I have no problem in being the peacemaker because I bet you that the Native Americans respected them. And I bet you they didn't wreak havoc with them or they didn't have any problems because the Native Americans respected them. So if you're a puck wedgie and you're watching this and you want a new safe home, 
I will gladly take you in. But you got to come with your own sign because that's a cute sign. Just saying. Hey, listen, I was told that I'm the kind of person that I could actually speak with, with the Bigfoot creature because they would be in tune with my energy and they would accept me. So I could totally adopt a puck wedgie. Moving on to the... Uh, so other. so what would you like to investigate? Uh, actually, uh, I, I'm going to hold off on that uh, because, yeah... Because the puck wedgie is a hard act to follow, isn't actually, it? Actually, I wouldn't mind investigating sightings of the puck wedgie and actually trying trying to locate it, but I would have to do research on them. Is it I, isolated in one tiny area, or is it like a whole state? I'm or trying it... to remember the state, and I think it is Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. But if I am mistaken, which I wouldn't be surprised, because I've heard and read a few articles here and there. I'm just trying to remember. The reason the puck wedgie got my attention in the first place was a i had never heard of it b didn't know it was a thing and c i was like it looks like a porcupine but then again the way they were describing it three to four feet tall that's a big porcupine but then again i'm thinking porcupines could possibly maybe the african ones their their quills could actually get that long, but I doubt them as a, as an animal can get that long. This one stands on all hinds, and I always call into question anything that stands on all hinds. Sorry, we're gonna have some problems. Uh, but yeah, puckwudgie is just something that which I, I happened to come across five years ago, and I've been interested in ever since. Just saying. I can't uh, believe in all the conversations we have had. That you have not mentioned this creature to me. I, well, can't, we, I can't even. I can't even believe it right now. Have, when have we really had to talk about puck wedgies or the skunk ape or at any time you okay. could have brought this up? I'm gonna throw at you the Bray Road Beast, and I know this one is yeah, in I know, Wisconsin. I know yeah, I know that one. Now, the Bray Road Beast is something I have wanted to investigate now for well over 15 years. Now, the Bray Road Beast is very dear and close to my heart because it's a werewolf. Jen, if you could put the picture up, people can see what I'm talking about. This is a drawing, a depiction of the Bray Road Beast. How awesome. How beautiful is that literally look at that here's the problem how do you investigate this do we get a slab of meat do we get chum and blood and start tossing it all over the place i a dog whistle maybe no yeah i mean now mind you let's keep that picture up or maybe another one like it the bray road beast is believed to be the american version of a werewolf now, I want you to think about this for a second. The American version of a werewolf. I find that fascinating. So this is an, not necessarily always an animal. It is a person that has the capability of turning into a werewolf. And it has been, there's been so many eyewitnesses since this all first started in the 80s. And um, I remember reading the book on Bray Road Beast many years back. 
and unfortunately the name escapes me the 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 lady that wrote the book in the first place um she passed these, away didn't she, she? passed away yeah. in fact either this just this year or just yeah. towards the end of last year it's very recently yeah and she was she wrote the book i believe it was called the beast of ray road yes and i remember reading the book and all the eyewitnesses accounts that were actually included in that book holy crap that was amazing people just driving home or driving from a bar or driving from their house to the grocery store i mean this is a long stretch of road there's even been movies made about this you know i, I i've seen the documentaries i've seen just about everything there is what what do you know about the bray road beast i just know of the accounts um i can't remember if i actually purchased the book or i had seen a synopsis of it you know the thing my thing is when you have multiple witnesses who have no personal connection to each other and they're all the same and the accounts are the same and the situations are similar you have to stop and think about it you have to give it some credibility and this goes back again before everybody grabbed their phone and googled everything and you had all this information this was this was early on this was I mean, people still had that capability, but you the internet didn't have as much information as it has now because we all know the information is, is uploaded every day. Everything is added to. And I just, I have a problem with people who don't open their mind just a little bit for a millisecond to acknowledge that, okay, something happened to these people. These people saw something. Mm -hmm. But with the people who say, oh, it's mass hysteria, they all made it up, they this, they that, that takes so much from the people who experienced it. And they need their experiences at least validated. Someone to say, listen, I know you saw something. You know, but a lot of times we have, we tell people, there's, that's not possible. You didn't see anything. You hallucinated. You this, you that. People you know, need to listen. I, I I have to agree with you. And, and you know, one of the things I've noticed is there's always going to be naysayers. And there are those that, that, you know, claim they know what they saw. But when you have that many people, that many eyewitness accounts coming forward, and they got nothing to lose, they got nothing to gain. They are simply telling their story and they've possibly kept this to themselves for many, many years because they're thinking people are going to think I'm crazy. And sure enough, when they come out, what happens? People think they're crazy. Yep. Never and, fails. And you know what? It's the opposite. People, I, I love the ones where people, they're brave and they come forward with the story. And the first thing, while well, they're just trying to get rich or they're trying to get notoriety, it actually damages them a lot more than it benefits them for the most part to be brave enough to come forward to tell these stories that are out of the realm of the ordinary and what most people experience. It takes a real bravery and they lose more than they gain. I feel. Well, things that used to be readily accepted back in the day are now not not that I'm saying frowned upon, but ignored because that was back in the day. They were doing shrooms. They had nothing better to do but to come up with stories to keep their kids 
away from dangerous places so that they wouldn't drown or they wouldn't fall off, fall off of cliffs. Listen, people, nowadays, having what we have available to us, okay, this, having that, that is, could you imagine having this 100, 200, 300, 4, I could keep going years ago and being able to record on video the Bray Road Beast because they were all over the place or maybe just baby those wiggy looking black eyed kids that just wig the hell out of me I don't know about you well but if I saw that I'd I'd be like nope that there, there gonna happen there was some technology available because the first appearance of the black eyed children where they're widely talked about was in the 1980s. So that that's a little more recent. Yes. Most of us were not carrying a cell phone at the time. Um, but the black eyed children that it's not like a hundred and 200 year old legend that first appears in the eighties. I, I, yeah. I don't like her arms. Yeah, I mean, what's with the arms? <laughs> what the hell? Okay, so that is a black-eyed kid that's been allowed into the house. That I and from from the lure that I hear, they're supposed to be given permission to come into your home. Now, here's my question to you and everyone in in uh, the chat room: Whatever you offer anything permission into your home that usually whatever it may be that needs permission into your home is usually referred to as a vampire or a demon are these either or or both well because they might be an urban legend and that they are completely fictional and what people have seen are actually something entirely different than what's been identified as a black eyed child you know that that question could you know have multiple answers and hello to Gemma Louise Howells uh welcome to the show uh if you guys have any question in the chat rooms uh anything pertaining to anything we've already thrown up on screen or you want us to talk about anything in particular by all means Throw it into the chat. Jen will shoot it out to Vicky and I, and we will gladly read it out, and we will discuss it with you. And don't worry. We're not going to trash anyone about anything. Look, this is what Greetings from Beyond Radio is one show that I, I take pride in, and I'm sure Vicky does too, that we always try to include everyone, and we want everyone's opinions included. Get that picture out of that. Oh, God, that's just waking me out, seriously. Such a baby. Oh, God. I mean, come on. There's so many. How about a a fairy? Show me a fairy. Well, that one fairy picture she had was not overly pleasing either. But that's really what fairies should and usually do look like. I'm saying, generally speaking, what people um, tend to think of them as. That's not the most pleasing. Now, this is a dead one. I've seen this one before. This is one they claim is actually dead. Uh, ironically, I don't know if people have noticed, but I do have one right here, you know, and 
it's yeah it's missing a leg i apologize for that but you know um they're supposed to look much like this almost like they can blend into the trees and look like a leaf or something to that effect and people often think of you know fairies oh they're talking about you know tinkerbell, tinkerbell. <laughs> no i don't think so what we're talking about here is something more along the lines of yes something like this it blends in very well with nature and they're very very mischievous very mean and i'm trust me i'm reminded of this practically every three days by jen thank you so much for ruining my my childhood but she's like no fairies are evil and they will harm you and they will kill Stink you stinker bell is not real Not real. They don't float around. They don't sparkle. That's why Twilight never made it. Is because vampires don't sparkle either. No, they don't. They shouldn't. No. She went there with Twilight. I went there with Twilight. With Twilight, you stole that word from me. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes, and I agree with you one hundred percent. But now I, I would say when it comes to fairies, I kind of. Um, lump them in the category of anything that I call nature spirits, anything that's, they aren't human. They're of the earth. And um, whether you want to call them fairies or gnomes or elementals or any of that kind of thing. One of the reasons that they became, I don't think they initially were nasty or mean spirited. They became that way because we as a culture across the world, for the most part, stopped acknowledging their existence. We didn't give them credit. We didn't give them honor. We did not do what we should to make sure that we got along with them. And I think that's what turned a lot of them nasty. The men in black. What's your opinion on the men in black? Come on, V. It was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the legend, the myth, the lore of the men in black. Do you I don't believe know, the, in them? The only men in black that I've ever seen are reapers that are coming to get nasty people when it's almost time for them to die. They actually, reapers, represent themselves to me as the men in black. They're dressed in suits. They're very somber. They have the glasses. And they stand like bodyguards waiting for that person who was exceptionally nasty human being. They come for them to make sure that when they go to the other side, they go directly to the classroom where they are to learn their lessons and how they should have acted when they were here. Are they having pineapples shoved up where they shouldn't belong? No. I mean, I saw a little Nikki, I'm just saying. Uh, so men in black, there's been many, many people that have witnessed men in black shortly during, after UFO abductions, UFO sightings, is this the government or is this something else altogether? As you stated, they, they could be reapers, but that's, I think, different. Well, that's so, for me. But weren't there accounts of men in black type authorities with the Mothman as well? I'm not sure. That's one case I really have not really looked into. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think there were government type men that descended um, upon the witnesses 
in the 60s when they had the signing of the Mothman. What, what was it called? Pleasantville, something like that? Mm -hmm. West Virginia. Yes. Yes. And and I, I do believe there was sightings of helicopters nearby during the phenomenons that were taking place when uh, the Mothman was appearing. I don't know about Men in Black. I just know that that only happened then and it hasn't happened since. That's what I find fascinating because usually things like this happen often. It hasn't right. happened since. He's, the Mothman uh, appearances started prior to the collapse of the big bridge that people used to commute to go to work from that point to, I don't know if it led to Virginia or where it led, um, but those sightings were strictly before the collapse of the bridge, and then they pretty much stopped after that. Now, there's been some accounts that people have seen the Mothman prior to the Twin Towers being hit and other cases where something tragic, there's been some accounts of something similar to that being seen. That, you know, I, I, I've never seen it myself, so I can't attest to it, but there are accounts of it. That's the first I ever hear of the Mothman being seen as the Twin Towers were hit. Yeah, right before. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Is this the Mothman? Well, it's, it's uh, I mean, the Mothman had a wingspan. He had the red eyes. Um, the face doesn't look exactly how I've seen the accounts, but. Um, yeah, the face I've seen in the past looks like more like a praying mantis yeah. looking face. Yeah. The heck is that? Is that a Batman? A man bat? What the heck? I don't know, but it's got a belly button. Does it? Yeah, it's got a belly button. You know, right there, see? Thank you, you just thank can't you, be throwing Vicky. things up there and then not telling us what it is. Thank you, Vanna, for pointing out the belly belly button for us. <laughs> what but yeah. The? Yeah, there there are some accounts. Actually, ironically, um, I have a friend who frequents the beach beaches here in South Florida quite often, and he had an experience uh, in the early morning hours of something that the the best way that he can describe it is that it looked very Mothman-like. And it appeared why he and his friend, there were two witnesses, him and his friend, and um, we were kind of calling it the Juno Mothman at this point. But, you know, who again, who's to say? Who are we to say that these people haven't experienced and seen these things. There's too uh, many unexplained things out there for us to say, no, you didn't. I, I'm not saying they haven't, but I, I have to say if one has only seen whatever they claim to have seen and not others, okay, that's when you have to start saying, yeah, too much of the... Well, this body. man had, had a witness that was with him that, that okay. experienced the same thing. But if, if we have a plethora of individuals that have seen the same thing, that's when we have to actually start thinking about giving it some credence. Yeah. Um, but to play devil's advocate, because you know that's my favorite role. Yes, I know. I have to say that the more people you have together, the more you have of having a false account. I'll give you a simple, quick little example. My friend and I, we had a fort out in the woods in my neighborhood. And we were going into the fort and we pulled back the curtain and something flew out. And we both at the same time yelled bat. And in our minds, we both thought we just saw a bat and it 
we influenced each other because it was a flipping butterfly. Okay. But in our minds, it was this big bat with this huge wingspan. And we had both convinced each other. We, upon examination, we figured out it was a butterfly. But in that moment, we had both had that same basically hallucination or misinterpretation. Oh, I got my own slide. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you, you look like the devil's doubled ham there. Uh, Vicky, yeah. just saying. Hey, but so I, I can see where, regardless of the number of people you have, I can see if you have somebody or more than one person who's misinterpreting something that it can spread, that it can actually infect the other people around and affect their memory of what they think they see. Now, even though we were kids, we were still logical enough to go look for this bat and realized it was a butterfly. But we both in that moment together yelled bat and convinced each other that it was a bat. Could it have uh, been a moth? It was a butterfly. Must have been one big ass butterfly. That's all I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. When we found the actual butterfly, it was not ginormous. It was not any bigger than the average butterfly. But we had convinced each other in that moment, our brains had exaggerated the experience and both of our brains were feeding off of each other and creating that. So I could see how that could happen in a crowd situation. Just saying. Well, the next picture I'd like to show is of an incubus. Now, this is an infamous well-known picture i'm sure you've seen it vicky of what people used to think incubuses were and as you can see the woman laying down and she has this creature on her chest and it was believed back then as it still is to this very day that incubus both incubus and succubus had the ability to paralyze you meaning sleep paralysis and it's been called many things over the years the old hag syndrome and uh they would actually have sexual intercourse with you man or female some depictions have incubus looking like this and in some other pictures they don't quite look like this uh they look actually like a that's a succubus right there and then you have the incubus the other picture of an incubus looking very beautiful very but notice one thing they all have wings <clears throat> now we're going to touch touch on this a little bit more as we you know start going into break you know we'll go into it in the second hour but that, that's a subject matter that i have always found fascinating i myself have actually taken on four cases involving incubus and succubus and i'd like to talk about that and if you have any experiences pertaining to incubus succubus i'd love to hear your input on this because one thing's for sure they do have i believe and i've theorized over the years because i just keep coming across how people explain them to me 
the ability to actually paralyze a person that they are attacking and uh, the attack meaning they're being sexually raped and that in itself is something very fascinating because they can't move but they feel the pressure on their chest they feel that they are powerless that is the worst feeling in the world don't you think vicky and i think that's a good way to segue into the second hour as we continue to discover and discuss all of these different creatures and urban legends throughout but you know let's bear in mind i i love the fact that we have this and hopefully people will start chiming in in the second hour and uh putting their two cents worth when it comes into anything that we're choosing to discuss here today so let's bear in mind incubus succubus as we go to our break and i think we have what one minute left if anything before we go and cut to our break and i have a few stories and i'm sure i think there's a case that vicky and i worked together that involved an incubus am i right you'll have to refresh my memory because i'm old there was uh mosquitoes being killed outside a lot oh yes yeah yes yes that yes, yes that that uh, actually has a funny story connected to it as well though all right well <laughs> we're gonna cut to a break and when we come back ladies and gentlemen we will get into incubus succubus stay right there don't go anywhere
back so this is a continuation of our one we had started just talking about incubus and succubus cases and of course the lore behind it and the cases i myself have also been a part of when it comes to incubus and i had to refresh <laughs> vicky's memory when it came to this because uh, it, it was that case was annoying in many ways but there there was some activity going on although i would have preferred to have gotten some kind of physical evidence of it because if i recall the client and this was a client that vicky had started working with she called me in on well and, this was originally a florida ghost team case yeah and, and then i ended up inheriting the client because she didn't when i left florida ghost team she didn't feel comfortable in going back with them to help she contacted me so i inherited this from fgt right so it was a joint effort um with point and paranormal at that time national paranormal society we later on changed our our name to paranormal mm -hmm. consulting agency but i i was excited because there was claims of physical evidence being left behind and the way she described it if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong um there was like a ky jellyish type film left behind every time this incubus would visit her correct correct yeah and we even attempted to conduct an experiment with one of uh my team members uh didn't go over very well i don't think we gathered any evidence and i don't even recall if there was any evps captured during that evening not during yours but our investigation when we were at the fgt and when point went back by themselves we did capture evps okay so you what what would you say was actually happening with this woman because quite frankly to be honest with you i i was i was thinking to myself eh, this is kind of far-fetched and you know there were uh, multiple things going on with her one of which um let's see what's the politically correct term there were some mental issues that were going on in conjunction with everything else was there something there well we captured evps so yeah there was something there was it doing what she claimed it was i personally did not believe it and you know i this woman reached out to me for a good gosh seven wow. years yeah seven years um she would reach out from time to time but um 
the funny story behind it is Florida ghost team had decided to go there and the leader of Florida ghost team did a cleansing. Well, she was a little overzealous with what she cleansed with. And this was a trailer. So when she did, you know, the anointed oils, okay, fine over everything, but she was very generous with her kosher salt. And it was a trailer that whose air conditioning system was in the floor. Oh, I remember you telling me about this. Okay. So every time the air came on, the salt went flying. So that was the little, little funny part of, of this story. <laughs> so it went, went flying. But actually, we at the time, one of the reasons we stopped associating with this particular client is because she accused us of having stolen her floppy disk. She was supposedly writing a book about her experience and she had it on a floppy disk. Well, first of all, none of us owned a computer that could facilitate a floppy disk. Because it was, we were way beyond the floppy disk age at this point. <laughs> um, and um, so that's when I realized that the, the mental state was deteriorating even more and that it was unsafe for my team to be there because of the false accusations. Yeah. I, I I've always had that same standing rule that if I notice we're doing more harm than good, because a lot of times the good starts soon after we, we get there as a team. But if I notice that we're going there way too much and it's become like a weekend barbecue right. more than it should be anything else, that's when you have to start questioning yourself. Now, I had a case that I was working. It was, it was long distance. And um, I was able to Skype with this young lady. And I remember her sending me pictures before the Skype and this was her drawings, her depictions of what she was seeing. Now, the one correlation that I kept noticing with this incubus, I kept visiting with, with her was every time I would visit with her, she would end up getting some kind of psychic gift. If you want to call it that. And hers was precognition. The way she drew this creature was fascinating. It was very tall, very statuesque, muscular build, thin. It had horns, had white hair, long white hair. And she said it was a very attractive um, individual or creature. She was both in fear but also anticipation of its arrival that's when you have to start worrying because at first it was fear mm -hmm. then she started passing over to the anticipation part and that's when it gets dangerous that's in fact when she started getting her gift of precognition and i got to the point to where mm -hmm. i said we need to talk and i insisted on skype well we had gone on for two months talking by phone. When the Skype started, things started going haywire. And I could literally see behind her.
things moving. Poltergeist activity, ironically. And I saw a, 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 a plate and a cup fall off the kitchen counter. I literally saw the the levers or the the I should say the faucets turning, okay, for the sink. And they you'd see them go just like that, water running, one turn off, the other one turn on, the other one turn off. And I was this was happening as I was no worries, Eileen. We know you're always late, but at least you always make it. Thank you so much, hon. Um I knew this was showing off. It wanted it wanted her and it wanted me to know it was there. When I started doing the prayer, the Our Father prayer, the St. Michael prayer, that's when things started happening, by the way. I digress because that's things were fine for the first 10 minutes. When I started doing the prayers, that's when activity started picking up. And things that react that adversely, that violently towards the Our Father prayer, St. Michael prayer. You have to start thinking along the lines of this is demonic. What she was claiming is that every time it would arrive, and this is before we did this guide, and during the time that we had been talking and before we started talking, they were sexual acts. It was raping her. That in itself I I found to be terrifying because one of the things that she claimed was she couldn't move. She had sleep paralysis. Now I've I've from this case and many others, I've come to the conclusion these beings have the ability to paralyze you and do as they will with you while they are there. Has this been something that you have also witnessed? in cases you've taken on with incubus and succubus the only case that i took on that i thought initially might involve incubus and succubus uh it turns out when we investigated i realized the power of the mind because what struck me when i looked over the evidence and in the interview with the client i believe that she was actually having her traumatic memories resurface at nighttime and she was misinterpreting those as an active attacker when in fact it was her suppressed memories of sexual abuse that was coming through and of course it did it at night when you know things were calmer and she didn't have so many other things on her mind so i suggested that she actually go into therapy to see if there was any substance to what i believed and sure enough that's what it was so it wasn't an actual incubus or a succubus it was those suppressed memories that were surfacing so there's a lot of cases that you know whether fortunately or unfortunately can be explained by psychological means and you know it, our brains are amazing things the brain is what protected her all those years from remembering what happened to her as a child. But eventually, if you don't come face to face with what happened to you and let those memories come through, you can't actually heal. So while the brain is protecting us when we're younger 
and suppressing those memories at some point in order for us to heal, they have to resurface. And in her case, they resurfaced in a way that made it look like she was interacting with an incubus or a succubus. But there was lack of any other thing that was involved that would have pointed to that. And that's why I suggested the therapy. Okay. So the usual physical evidence left behind. There was nothing. Sleep paralysis, sexual, anything. Well, the there wasn't was anything there. physical left behind that would have denoted that or any other thing going on in the home that was even paranormal at all. Uh, we have a question from the chat room from Beth Watson. Hi, Beth. Um, do you guys find with this type of activity that the attacks... Oh, well, it just scrolled up on me. Wow. Okay. Oh, there it is. Do you guys find with this type of activity that the attacks only happen at certain times and those times being pretty consistent or all over? I have noticed them take place more during the evening time. Even the famous case of the Smurl haunting when the husband was attacked, that happened when everybody else was in bed and he happened to be downstairs by himself at night. And that's when the first appearance of the old hag happened. Yes. And, and I, I don't know why uh, this tends to happen at night. There are some phenomenon that happen throughout the day and into the night, to be honest with you. And the, one of the things that any well-seasoned investigator, paranormal investigator will always look for is a correlation. Anything that, that tends to happen at a certain time of day or night, uh, there needs to be some form of pattern. semblance and pattern. Uh, yeah, semblance to pattern that that may have something to do with a trauma that happened to the individual or the location and that in itself takes a lot of research as well this is just not a one and done type of deal you need to actually stick it out and do your research when it comes to this right and that's why it's also very important because like i said a lot of times you you go I, and I'm going to talk about this with our guest because she, um, Evelyn Hollow, had mentioned it in an interview how people have preconceived notions of her and what she's going to say based on, uh, you know, what she has studied and what she believes in this, that, and the other. And I do take offense to people that assume just because I'm a paranormal investigator that I'm going to your house to find a ghost. I'm going to people's houses to find answers to their questions. And sometimes, oftentimes, those answers may involve mental illness, you know, PTSD, drug use. There's all kinds of things that go on that are not paranormal, that are the answers to these questions. And, and for those of you, by the way, joining us late, um, Evelyn Hollow wasn't able to make it tonight. She had a medical emergency that she had to take care of. But she will be back on the air with us next week. And hoping everything is better with her because I've always said health and family come first. So we, Vicki and I, we were so looking forward to talking to her because she's not the first parapsychologist we talked to. The very first one was John Zaffison. If you haven't caught that show, 
go to our YouTube account, Greetings from Beyond Radio, <coughs> and watch that. It is a fascinating interview with John Zaffis, the godfather of the paranormal. It can't get any better than that, people. Come on now. Um, and I know Eileen had a blast, and she she had a, a fangirl moment when when uh, John Zaffis was on. Um, but Eileen said, maybe because you're relaxed. Um, you know, I... I, I I don't think so. Uh, a lot of the, I've had four cases involving incubus succubus. My, what I've taken away from it is usually when they reach my team, they're too tense and having so many anxiety attacks to even be relaxed. They don't even sleep. One of the things that I do recall was none of them could really sleep because they were in fear of what might happen if it might happen again that night. So I wouldn't say it's because they're relaxed. But I, that's why the first initial attack was when they were relaxed to make sure they will no longer get into that state of relaxation so that they can work on them. So, so it could question, be that initial. My question would be, why would what would a person consider to be targeted by these creatures what would they have to exhibit to attract this type of attack well that's the million dollar question that's the million dollar question that i've never been able to come across because it's people from all different walks of life and they literally haven't done anything to invite this in any way shape or form they just they're living their life and all of a sudden bam this comes out of nowhere so I, I I don't really know the answer to your question there, Eileen. But uh, yeah, uh, oh, I finally find fan girl. <laughs> yes, you did, uh, and you're <laughs> no problem, sir. We, we we get it. You know, I I, I still fan girl myself. All right, and 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 but I've known John since really 2005. Whenever we talk, it's great. Um, So, okay, you were going to say something. I was going to move you know on what? to the next subject. But if we ahead. had the answers to these questions, there would be no reason to have a show because we just write a book and say, oh, that's it. That is, to me, that is one of the most intriguing parts of the paranormal is that you can form a theory and then you hear somebody else and then you reform it and you reshape it. And the thing is, what the beautiful part is, because nothing has been absolutely proven, you're not wrong. You are in the process of learning everything you can in the hopes that one day you might actually have that definitive answer for someone. Eventually, you'll get to the answer. You just have to be chipping well, away be at it constantly. I will. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> when we finally figure it out. I think the next question that we're going to we're going to bring up to everyone um is going to be the shadow man or the wide brim hat man which has forever been a point of discussion and something I've theorized over the years I've come across so many cases involving children that see that very same picture right there uh, either by the closet or at the foot of their door or right next to them 
uh, at the foot of their bed, I'm sorry, and, and right next to their bed, just looking at them. What the hell are these things? And yes, it's a wide brim hat or a top hat. Why do they, are they just observing? Are they there for a reason? Are they there to terrorize the child? And I've noticed it doesn't last for very long. Vicki, what's been your experiences with these cases? My experience is if I catch an adult that sees them as well, when we go back and look at it, they remember seeing them as a child. So it seems almost like, excuse the analogy, but it's almost like certain people have been tagged for migratory purposes. So they first see the appearance of the shadow man, shadow creature in childhood, and then they see them periodically throughout their life. It's, it's around 20 to 25 year spans where they seem to have another encounter. Now, some people say that these things are just regular spirits. Some people say that they are demonic. Some people have even proposed that they are aliens. And what I find interesting is that when I do find an adult who has an encounter and we go and track back, we can see that they were checked on multiple times you know what's funny is you 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 stated you've come across adults that have these experiences but then remember that when they were children they did they did see these the hat man when they were children well, shadow man or shadow man whatever you want to call them but i call him the hat man um I find that interesting because I've never come across an adult that can remember that happening to them. Something mentioned here in the, the chat room uh, by Ron Parrish. Shadow people and the hat man are different. Well, yes and no. Um, I beg to differ because oftentimes, okay, if we're referring to shadow man or shadow people, shadow people usually don't wear hats, but the shadow man or the hat man usually have a top hat or a wide brim hat so but they come across as a shadow so i'd wager to say they're both one in the same but i honestly wonder and this is a this is something a theory i've been working on for years i think they're extra dimensional not spirits i want to say creatures and they do have a purpose the purpose i'm not sure on I don't know what purpose they serve, just, you know, lurking about, looking at kids, you know, while they sleep and then showing up now, come to find out through you, Vicky, later on in life as adults. What purpose do they serve? They don't touch you. They don't do anything to you. They just stand there and watch you. But why? That's the million dollar question as you've used. I'll use it here. That's the million dollar question. And that's why I, I introduced that information by saying it's almost like they've tagged you for migratory purposes, that they are simply studying you for whatever reason. And for whatever reason, you have been chosen to be watched and to be checked on. And like I said, it's usually like a 20 some year span in between the visitations and the observations, if you will. And one of the reasons I think that people have equated them at times to aliens is because they also believe that if you've had an alien encounter, that they revisit you as well. And they watch you because you were kind of an experiment for them. So they kind of follow to see what's happened with your little experience. 
something interesting that Mr. Ron Parrish uh, brought up. He said, I had an encounter with the hat man a few years back. The entity was not a shadow man. Well, then I would wager to say that was not the same shadow man I'm referring to. Because usually the shadow man, and if Jen can shoot that picture back up again of the shadow man that's wearing a hat, whether it's a wide brim hat or a top hat, usually is a shadow figure. You can sometimes see the red eyes and it always has some form of hat on. So what you may have witnessed there, Ron, and I'm not saying you're wrong or right, but I'm questioning is, could it be something else you witnessed that was that happened to be wearing a hat? Maybe it was a spirit of some spirit visiting you at the time. Um, Eileen also said, do you think adults that have the mentality of a child still see things that children do since they never lost their innocence? Yes, and I think that has more to do um, with the fact that our brains are designed technically not to be able to see all these things. Okay. Because if we were able, the perfect brain that has the perfect chemical balances that doesn't have any disorders or anything attached to it, we aren't supposed to see these things. It would drive us crazy because there's more spirits walking around than there are living people. So if you have someone who has the mentality of a child, that means there's some defect or something going on in the brain that is altering its natural defenses. So it therefore they should technically be able to see people with schizophrenia, a lot of people who have severe depression, bipolar, um, all those kinds of things make it easier to see spirits because there's a bit of an imbalance. Now there's, on. Good point there, Vicky, and I agree with you. Now uh, the the shadow man. I going back to the other comment. The shadow men that have been reported to me are not wearing the hats. They're the stereotypical long, greasy hair and trench coat guys. Are the ones that have been reported to me, where people remember them from childhood and then also have had sightings as adults. Okay, fascinating. All right, so no hat, no hat with them. Right. Uh, something that Beth brought up, I'm also going to bring up a question that Ron brought up or a statement. Uh, I wonder if the shadow man visits children because they are going to do something later in life that is very significant and they are either, what is it, tracking them. Tracking well, yes, that's pretty much what Vicky said, tracking them or trying to change their course. Uh, we may be mm -hmm. on to something here. What do you think, Vicky? Because you, you did say that you, you feel as if they've been tracked and they, they're checked up on later on in adult in adult right. life. I mean, the people that I have come across that had those experiences in adulthood and childhood, I mean, they were just ordinary people. They haven't done anything like extraordinary. I'm not I'm not cutting them down in any way, no, but I'm know, saying that they weren't running for president or they didn't have the potential to change the world with, with something, or they certain hadn't done that to the point where I saw them Could it and be I met them. Psychic ability. Who's to say, who's to say, but they did, they did have to have a certain degree of ability to be able to see these shadow people, even in adulthood, they saw them as children 
most people don't see them. Typically, most human beings do not see spirits as you get older. These people were still able to distinguish these particular entities as they got older. Okay. Uh, the hat man, and this is from Ron Parrish. Thank you again. Uh, the hat man will hold your legs down when you are sleeping. This is the reason I believe this was the actual hat man. In my experiences uh, with cases involving the hat man, I have yet to hear of any one of them even touching the children. Um, have you, Vicky, or... No, they're usually seen in the distance as far as the shadow man. I don't have any experiences directly related to hat man. Like I said, my experiences, the people described it as the long greasy hair and trench coat guy. Now there was also a book um, written by Linda Alice Dewey, and it is specifically about shadow people. She writes books. She is, um, she has ability and she helps spirits cross over. Once they cross over, they have come back to her to tell her their life story and to tell their story as an earthbound spirit and what happened to them. In her one book, she um, tells the story of a slave called Jacobs, and she helps him cross over, and it was too soon. But the most important part is he talks about his time here on Earth as a shadow person. Now, his explanation is that shadow people are human spirits, but they're human spirits that are super duper nasty and they've done horrible things in life. So when he first passed away and he was earthbound, he discovered he looks down and he realizes that he's a shadow person and shadow people like to hang out in groups. It's kind of like that misery loves couple you know, company gang mentality, because they like to continue to do bad things. This is in the words of this, you know, person Jacobs. So he's hanging out with these shadow people and they're doing these horrible things. And one day he witnesses this little girl that's coming home from school. And there's a man, a living person following her. And he decides to try to intervene. So he does something so that the little girl makes it home safely. And he decides, I'm going to break away from these people. They're always doing bad things. I don't enjoy being nasty and negative. I, I shouldn't have done the bad things that I did when I was alive. Why am I continuing to do them in my death? He starts doing the same things like helping people. And he looks down and he realizes he's not as dark as he used to be. And with every good deed, he transitions from being a shadow person to being a lighter person who was eventually able to contact this woman in order to help cross him over so that he could go to the other side the way he was supposed to initially. So that's another yet another version of what shadow people are, as explained by, if you want to give it credit, an actual shadow person. You know, it's funny. Uh, by the way, Tammy's on on in the chat. Hi, Tammy. How you doing, love? Um, Tammy actually was involved in a case with me that involved a shadow man, hat man. Uh, and you happen to know the client very well, and you're very close with the client, Vicki. I will give you her initials. 
SSC. And she's from Michigan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's when her daughter, at that time, very young daughter, was seeing a hat man uh, standing by her closet. And I remember. So I don't know why I waved back. <laughs> because I waved at you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but Tammy I may also be able to shed some light because she did go to that case with me. And one of the things that I used, and it actually worked, by the way, was I brought a, 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 a bottle, a spritz bottle, and I put glitter in it. This was more of the placebo effect. And I, I also did happen to bless the water. Uh, not myself, but I had the water blessed. And I told her, look, whenever you see this hat man at the closet, because it wasn't getting any closer than the closet. Take this bottle, spray at it, and tell it to go away. Okay? Guess what? It worked. It worked. That's all I really needed to know. Because it did come back. She did what I told her to do, sprayed at it, and it disappeared. But it was a tall, slender, dark man, dark, shadowy man with a hat. And uh, it did have a long coat. I wonder if there's many of these creatures. But... If I recall, Tammy was part of this case, and she does, she would remember it. This this case, oh, where did she live? Um, she lived, like, it was Vero, somewhere around that area. Vero Beach. Yeah, remember, she, she had a little blonde girl, Tammy, yeah. and she was always sick. Her daughter literally was always sick. I mean, I, I was like, good God, what else can this little girl suffer through? And that that... That one case was one of our success stories because I brought that bottle over. I spoke to her and Tammy also helped because she works with children. It helps having, you know, some knowledge of psychology when it comes to children. And she was able to help in this case. And it it worked. Um, <clears throat> well, ironic, ironically, that family moved up north and um, she reached out to me and I did some remote work. And they experienced something that I called Tornado Man um, in that location because he was basically um, he was he was the Hat Man from here up, but from the waist down he was a tornado. And so, yeah, they moved from that location to another location, and I don't think there's been anything as severe as what they experienced when I saw Tornado Man, um, and that's what I called him personally, just because of his bottom half. That's the first time I hear that, uh, but I'm open to anything nowadays being in the paranormal, to be honest with you. Uh, let's see, Ron Parrish again. Uh, do shadow people come through some underworld or are they misunderstood? I have to wonder if the movie Ghost didn't come close to the purpose of shadow people. Uh, oh, I, I know what part he's, he's talking, talking about. talking about the, the bad guy that... that yeah, at the end gets dragged mm -hmm. into hell. Those are those I believe were actually their depiction of demons, uh, because he was a bad guy. But no, I don't think that's really where shadow people have come from. The, the uh, one I, thing I would say, Ron, is if you have not read The Ghost Who Would Not Die by Linda Alice Dewey, 
go ahead and read that book. It's very interesting. And it gives that perspective of that story that I talked about earlier about shadow people. It's yet another perspective on what they might be. So it's called The Ghost That Would Not Die by Linda Alice Dewey. Now, uh, something interesting also that Jen uh, put into the chat and I'm going to address right now. Uh, I've seen many shadow people during my investigations. One in particular was two shadow people uh, dancing with each other in a dark hallway. It was actually very fascinating. Can't say I've seen the hat man before. Um I wonder if that was more a memory. And I know exactly where she's talking about. It's a commercial location. Um, and I'm not even going to mention it because let's just say I we, we don't like the, the, the real history. Thank you. Look at this. What a producer. Yeah, she had no idea that I was going to say that. And bam, there's the picture of the book. She's the bomb. Look at You her. need to double her salary <laughs> right now. Devil's Advocate and the cover of this book all in the same show. She gets double her pay. <laughs> but yes, this is the book I'm recommending. Like I said, it's another perspective. And these are written. They aren't written as fiction. They're written, written as nonfiction from a person with ability. And she's telling someone else's story. Yeah. Uh, Jen, put that, that picture back up again so our viewers can get a chance to take a look at it and mark down the name. The Ghost Who Would Not Die by Linda Alice Dewey. And she wrote another book that's just as good. Um, it's not specifically about shadow people, but it's called Aaron's Crossing. And it's the first book that she wrote where she explains how these spirits come to her. She helps them cross over it, and then they come back and tell their story of their life. Aaron's Crossing made me cry like a little baby. And what I like about the ghost who would not die is at the beginning of each chapter, she has some kind of quote and it may be from Jacobs who is the slave, who's the center of the story or something else. But there's one quote and I'm paraphrasing cause I may not have it correct, but people were questioning about what we learn in religion in relation to God. And the quote is something to the effect. It's exactly how he said it. It's just not the way you took it. So God said it. He gave us the answers. We have may have misinterpreted what God said. And the other quote from that book that I love, it's I used life. I didn't make use of life. I love that quote. Anyway, like I'm it. obviously a fan. I love Linda Alice Dewey. I love her. I interviewed her more than once. We're friends on Facebook and we interact and I love her. <laughs> Let's have her on the show. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, She's you also know, doing I, a great, there's a great service. She, there's a, a cemetery, very old cemetery in the area of Michigan where she lives. And it was in complete disrepair. And she spearheaded the committee and the people to get together to try to fix the cemetery up and to give the people buried there the respect they deserve. That is very, very cool. Um, I think we're going to touch on the slender man. And the reason I say it like that is because the the slender man to me is yeah, yeah. Okay. There there he is. Look, um I if I'm not mistaken, I believe the slender man is a an urban legend that got started on the internet. 
And I, for one, do not really give it much credence, to be honest with you. And they've even, there's even been murders. Can you believe this? Shootings and murders and even ritualistic type things done for the Slender Man. And I'm like, why? I mean, this is something that was particularly created just for the internet. And it has no bearing whatsoever. I mean, come on. This to me is not, they even made a movie of this. I don't know if people are aware of this, but I was like, really? Are we, are we running so low on the totem pole when it comes to the fact that we now have to start inventing our own version of the boogeyman? That's nothing more to me than the boogeyman. And to me, the boogeyman is, I don't know, this, uh, your, your take, Vicky, because quite frankly, I, I figured this was you, thrown our way and I, I, I guess we better figure, you know. You couldn't so. see my eye roll? Yeah, well, no, because you were doing this. So, yeah. but, you know, um, not, yeah, do we even bother with this? Yeah. <laughs> Beth says, I think uh, creepy pasta really made Slender Man take off creepy pasta. <laughs> and made people think he was a real thing instead of an urban legend. Never heard of creepy pasta. Wait a minute. Is is that like a a website or a term or I'm confused. I really am when it comes to that. No, you're old. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I can't believe that we're not going to talk about the biggest urban legend to me. Well, maybe cuz we're leaving it for last. Oh, okay, so what are you going to pull out? Let's see if we're thinking of the same one. Well, I was going to bring up the chupacabra. Eh, I consider that more if we're talking about cryptids. Yeah, but it's, you know, so it's Bigfoot. Yeah, but you didn't ask me in the beginning. You didn't say we were specifically going as that. said, so what, you know, would you really like to investigate and know more about? Just so Okay, you know. well, the only thing I've already mentioned that I would like to investigate is the Puckwudgie, and also the the Bray Road Beast. But uh, go ahead, shoot. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Bloody Mary. Do you realize how many generations of children have gone into the bathroom, shut off the lights, and chanted Bloody Mary? And you know what I tell anybody that comes to me with that story? I always give them a little history lesson on who the real person is who was Bloody Mary, who got the nickname of Bloody Mary. And it has nothing to do with the urban legend of Bloody Mary. Tammy's like, no, no, Candyman. Candyman. Yeah, exactly. He stole that from Bloody Mary. Candyman. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> Trust me, that I can't even think of how many generations have done. Oh, that. No, you're not out. Don't leave. Oh, geez. Uh, 
Now, there really was a true Bloody Mary, and that was Henry VIII's oldest daughter, Queen Mary. And she got the nickname, the legitimate nickname of Bloody Mary, because during her reign, she tried to bring Catholicism back to England. And so she had all the heretics murdered. Oh, look at her. Had her murdered. And so she is the very first, you know, person, living person that was given the nickname of Bloody Mary because more people died in her reign than they did, certainly even in her father's reign or even her sister's reign after her. So she is the person who, the real person known as Bloody Mary. And by the way, I'm going to do this, and this is a major plug to our wonderful producer. And as long as it does not interfere with greetings from beyond radio, I am literally offering the services of Jen uh, as to be your producer for your show because she is quite frankly the bomb when it comes to the, to producing shows i i'm telling you on the fly okay on the fly when we got the news from evelyn hollow earlier today that she was not going to be able to make it due to health reasons um we had to come up with something now granted if i i came up with a few ideas i i Back and forth, I spoke with with Vicky, but honestly, behind the scenes, getting everything done the way it should be, it has been Jen all the way. Jen, get 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 up here on the screen with. And us. this is not even about the, like literally. I am saying things, and she's doing a quick search and coming up with pictures to match it. Like yes. she is literally working. Oh, she disappeared again. She yeah. showed up and she got rid of herself. No, no, no. We can still see you. Okay. So, you know, we have we have to we have to really thank Jen because if it wasn't it not only is she dealing with my son upstairs asking questions, she's also dealing with producing the show and coming up with things like Oh, is it, this is a spur of the moment thing. So everything that you're seeing, I'm I'm doing at that moment. So after the reschedule, um, this was a let's wing it and see where it goes. And that's what I'm doing back here on top of keeping up with the comments and the banners and making sure things are running correctly. Well, you're doing a phenomenal. I am impressed. I'm impressed. I, yeah. I feel like making up something right now, like some creature you've never heard of to see if you can get a picture. Now the pop budgie. Now that one, I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on. What? Oh, okay, I got this. I got this." Because I, I had nothing, nothing. I had well, now I had five photos, five, and I think now we're up to seventeen. Wow. And, see, and th this has been on the fly, on the spot. And yes. Jen, give out your your uh, your email if people want to contact you to produce their show. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, she's a great manager when it comes to handling anything that has to do with interviews for yourself or uh, even conventions or contracts. So by all means, get your information out there while you have um, a chance. I it's on the ticker right now. Yeah, yeah, I have it down here on the banner. Uh, my email is jengfbmanagement at gmail.com. And I'll just, I'll run the banner. That way it's down there. But you can contact me for I do everything. Real quick, I, I also want to hit up on the fact that 
Tammy shared a story here. When we lived in a trailer, my brother lived on one end and me on my parents lived on the other. Someone whispered, Bloody Mary is going to get you. He ran from one side of the trailer to the other, screaming and hollering. I was three, so I was always afraid. And you know what? Do we even give any credence to this? Is this just a real urban legend? Does anything really happen? I don't know. And well, I don't know. You, you have to think. If you live in an actual haunted house, if, you know, much like me, that, that story kind of resonates with me. Um, I did the same thing with my cousin is that that was a way we, we would scare each other. Yeah. We would go down into the basement, into the dark bathroom and do the whole candy man and bloody Mary thing. And she lived in a house that was actually, it was creepy. It was what, you know, what we thought was haunted. Yeah. Um, so we'd go downstairs and we would do that and then come upstairs and we're like, Oh, well that was stupid. And then something would happen. We're like, Oh, she's here. Well, that would be something negative. I mean, it would give a great opportunity for a negative entity to decide mm-hmm. to show its head because you're summoning. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it may not be Bloody Mary, but it could be something who's going to take advantage of the fact that you are summoning them. Yeah. And your defenses are down. You're waiting for something to happen. And it's like, Haha, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Um, so real quick, uh, we're going to put up Vicky's information before we have to head off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Vicky, I, I know there was a little deal we had going for anyone leaving any comments on YouTube. Did anyone leave any comments on YouTube so that you No, could they did from? not. So, oh, so they missed out on a 15 free 15 minute reading from you. Shame on them. Um, okay. So for those of you unaware of this. Vicky's one of the best psychic mediums I know. And quite frankly, I would love for her to get herself out there more. She gives you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And what makes her gift even more special. As always, guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Beth. We love you. And we look forward to to seeing you again. Um I've come across many psychic mediums that will tell you what you want to hear. And then you get pissed off when they don't, when you don't hear what you want to hear. Vicky's never like that. She doesn't sugarcoat anything. So Vicky, as usual, we have everything running for you on the ticker below, but if you want to go ahead and voice it before we head off into the great beyond, see, I kind of use that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Or whatever you're not you don't have you don't have prints up anymore so you know what you're such a big dad joke yeah whatever <laughs> yeah so if anybody's interested in a reading you can email me at nancy n-a-n-c-y 38 drew at aol.com yes i said aol.com because yes i am that old and i did make that email address when i was 38 which is why the 38 is in there um if you live locally which means a dade broward palm beach martin or st lucie counties and you want to have a reading party you can also contact me at that email address and we can set up a party with you and your 10 closest friends and which i have one coming up on this saturday in port st lucie so reach out if you're interested in any of that now like I stated, what do you have to lose? But 
possibly getting in contact with someone that's passed on. And the best person I can recommend is and always will be Vicky. Um, that being said, we're coming close to the end of this show. And as usual, I did promise you guys that we would do everything we possibly could to get Evelyn Hollow, although she was supposed to be on the show today. Unfortunately, some emergency situation came up and I've always said family and health comes first. So we, we I, I told her, look, take care of yourself, get better. And if you can make it next week, great. We'll advertise you for next week. So I'll, we'll let you know by for sure on the weekend, if anything. And it's as usual, it's been a pleasure. I mean, we, we did the show on the fly and the top things off our producer was bang spot on. Um, what would we do without her to be honest with you? I think we'd be completely lost. I, I know I'd be that's for damn sure. So, uh, when it comes to, Oh, look at that. I'm already being told you, you, you have to start ending the show, but, um, next week hopefully we have evelyn hollow and um wish her the best and to recover quickly um by all means i've always stated this at every end of our show live life don't let life live you because look at what happened today i could very well have had a meltdown and said vicky we're not having a show peace but we pulled out of the tailspin. Look at us now. This show has been amazeballs. So thank you very much, everyone. Live life. Don't let life live you. And again, peace be still.